As long as we've known each other, when have you ever said no comment? Let me practice. No comment. Oh, dick. <laughs> so, Sean Six from the Liquid Conversations, and I'm here with who? Rob Rivera from Nonpoint. So, say that part? No, I'm not supposed to say How that. How do at I all. introduce myself? No, you're supposed to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Rob Rivera from Nonpoint. Does that See, sound there you go. Okay, cool. You just did it. <laughs> so, the big question is No comment. Just kidding. Fuck, just kidding. Again, go. already, right from the start. <laughs> How long do you see yourself doing this? Oh. I'm going to be 49 this year, and I've uh, been doing it professionally since I was 30. I mean, honestly, I do not know the answer to that question. I think if there's still demand for non-point music, we'll continue. You know, it's just going to be a little less than, you know, than before. You know, everybody's got families now, so it's not going to be the tour, 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 you know, and it's going to be a lot more, more chill. Like this year, you know, we toured from... April to the beginning of June. We had two months off, and August is September, two months off, you know. So we are right. gonna, we've been been able to spread out our stuff, you know, where areas before it was just like nine months out of the year. Have you gotten to the point where you feel like you're an adult doing a job instead of a young guy coming up saying, I just want to do this regardless of how much I don't get paid for it? Yeah, I don't really <laughs> consider myself an adult per se. <laughs> And my wife can attest to that. Um, You know what, man? It's just, I I look at it as a day-by-day thing, you know, and... and Because you and I have talked about this before. We've had this discussion about battling the idea about whether we think that we're to a point where can we see ourselves doing this forever or we just kind of just getting comfortable and just let it happen the way it is. Well, I look at bands like, say a band like Anthrax, been out 35 years. They've been touring like crazy. And those dudes are almost, I think they're all in their 50s. You know, yeah. and and you know, I me and Elias made a pact. I remember we played in uh, Rhode Island, Providence. Remember the day you brought me the jackal shirt? Jackal shirt. Uh, yeah. We were in the dressing room, and I told him, you know, I, I, we were talking in the dressing room. I said, dude, you you have my commitment always. I mean, does it get overwhelming? I mean, we deal with so much bullshit, and it's like it just rips the soul out of what you love. You know, we deal with so much crap, but at the end of the day. It's all about the show. It's a perfect example, this tour. I mean, we've had bus breakdowns yep. twice. We have another bus, thank God. Yep. It was the bus that we had on the last tour. Just it wasn't available. You know, we have to get in two rental vans and a U-Haul truck. We've done that twice. Driving all night. Just it just shit like that just rips the soul out of you. And you deal with the industry side of things. You know what's really made this tour work? First off, the shows. Every single show we have done since we've left has been killer. Not yeah. one show has sucked. Yeah. And the POD band and crew are just outstanding people. They have helped us. This was a good matchup for you guys to actually it's do this. It's been one right. a yeah. long time coming. We've been yeah. talking about it for so long. And we had one two years ago and it fell apart, unfortunately. And I was a real bummer. You know, we're like, man, when is this going to happen? We've been around almost around the same amount of time. They, right. they have, a, I think, four or five years on us. And we finally made it happen. I mean, the attendance has been great at every show. There's almost 500 pre-sales for tonight. You know, yeah. I think people like to see these old school bands get together. You know how basically, you know how your rat goes out with like poison or something like that you know not saying we're in that that kind of band or nothing but the fact that you that this is the best match we've had since like we went out with seven dust you know right. like seven dust and nonpoint get together i mean it's people come out is that daunting for you to say something like old school pairing or an old school band lineup or something like that like you you're referring to it as being old school because we come from that era you know where we're, we come from the era of you know like 
I don't know how to explain. I mean, we is that kind of like the guy saying, you know, I'm a grumpy old man. I'm, you know, get off my porch, kind of. No, stuff? no, uh, we're we're not like that. Get off my lawn. Yeah, like, like uh, yeah. Clint Eastwood said yeah, yeah, yeah. in uh, Gran Torino. No, yeah. no, no. We just they're just an incredible vibe with the two bands. Like we get along really well. No ego, no BS. It's been just an outstanding tour when it comes to playing the shows, hanging out with them. All the other crap we've dealt with is completely different, but it's been great. You guys have already put up with all the stupid stuff that younger bands kind of have to make their way through. So at this point, you guys can get up there and actually enjoy it. Well, we still go through the things. That's the thing. We, there's there's no easy here. I mean, we are still struggling with so much crap. And we just, like I said, it just the commitment that guys have with each other and the shows have outweighs all the other stuff you know like right i'm like completely annihilated exhausted right now like i'm so mentally tired because we just got here late we we just got we got here late today not because of a breakdown right because there's a dot law on the bus yeah where a bus has to be shut down for 10 hours yeah we just actually talked to your driver chuck outside and he's like i got to do my logs right now and we were in new york last night and we couldn't park in the city yeah you can't park down so you yeah. you know pod did and we and we found out when Chuck came back that we actually could park there. If we would have parked there, there would have been no issue. We'd have got here at yeah. 1 o'clock. But since he had to go back to Jersey, he was on the clock, come back, yeah. he's on the clock, and go back to Jersey, he's on the clock. So as soon as we got there, we we had to leave 10 hours from when he turns off the bus. So we left at like 11 a.m. And there's all kinds of fucking traffic in New York. So the bus was going... It was like, oh my God, are we even going to make this fucking show? I was stressing out. It's been nothing but stress. Like when it comes to the logistics of... Would you say that at this point for non-point as a band is the most difficult part, the logistics of it? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. I mean, finding that like we fortunately, you know, the regular, the usual bus company that we have, you know, right. the, the touring, the schedules didn't match up and that really sucked. So we settled on another company at, and, you know, it was a fucking nightmare. It was just a nightmare. And, and like when you're so used to something, you know, we're used to working with Chuck. You know, Chuck's been our driver for the last five years. You know, he, he understands. You guys have settled like a into member. a routine. Yeah, he's like a family member. It's yeah. like he's almost a part of the band. Like he's, he's just been our, he's our friend. You know, we love right. the guy and we love the bus company. You know, it's just unfortunately it just didn't match up. So. so at this point, after having 20 years into this and having a family and, and having a wife at home and having a life and being a loosely referenced an adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, loosely. Very loosely. If you had to change things, what would it be? Decisions we made in the past, you know, we've learned. If I knew then what I know now, I would... We always a, say that, but... Yeah, I would have been in such a different position in life. Financially, mentally, because this industry can definitely fuck your health, mental health. It can definitely fuck of with course, it. And, yeah. it's, and it's fucked with mine. I mean, everybody that's a fan or everybody that's looking in from the outside always says so great and i always reference you and i's conversation about is this a job or not to me it's a job this is entirely a job and if you say it's not a job whoever you... says it's not a job can kiss my ass right now yeah honestly i don't give a fuck what you think this yeah. is a fucking job you come out here and do this you told me there's no that, nine to five that can compare right to you shit. told me at one point that you know what every time that you spend that amount of time 
away from your family, your kids, your your house, your life. That is a job. Here's the thing, though. There's an advantage of it. If I had a nine to five, you know, your kids go to school. Yeah. See them, what, maybe 45 minutes to an hour in the morning. You come home, see them for two hours. So basically, you see your kids for three hours a day, which I understand that's hard on the people who work nine to five. Right. Like my sister-in-law, for example, she works in Chicago. She has to take a train to Chicago, and she sees her daughter maybe two hours a day. You know, and it's tough for right. a mother, and I, I feel so bad for her. And But when I'm in this position that I'm in, I'm home for two months all day long. Right. So I get to see my kids more than the average father, which that in, I am very thankful for. But it's a short period of time out of the year. It is. Yeah. But, but you know how we've set it up now, we're able to stay home a little longer. We right. take longer breaks in between tours so we don't burn out the market. We can extend the cycle. And, you know, and but to any, I've had so many people tell me this is, oh, this, this, this is not a job. I said, you know what, dude? I don't have insurance. I don't, ha- I don't have a sick day. I don't have vacations. You're not accruing I can't call in time. Si- I can't yeah. call in sick. It's not yeah. like I can have, hey, can I get a drummer to come in and fill in? No, that's not right. the case. I can, you know, I, I. You would love to, but we you have, can't. I have played with bronchitis, 103 fever. Everybody has played super sick because we have to. The only person that can't play with a cold is Elias because he has to sing. Right. But he, even he, when sick, has gone up there and done it. It's very rare that he, he has to be really down for the count for him to cancel a show. But to tell me that this is not a job, no. I'm not giving you a pass on that. Do you think that people that are our age that got to see what bands used to do compared to the disposable world that we live in now, do you think that younger bands now don't understand that this is a job? I don't know if younger bands understand that. It's different. Younger bands are, it's completely different what younger bands are doing to what we were doing. And I, I think it's just the, it's just a sign, it's a change of the times, you know. Of course, of course. I can't, I can't, I'm not going to judge a younger band for what they do. I'm just worried, I worry about what I do. You know, I don't care what how other bands get presented or, you know, that's, it's different. I come from a different era. A younger band now will never experience what I experienced. They won't experience records being sold. Actual records. Actual records being, I experienced it. I actually had records that sold in stores. Yeah. And the younger bands today has to deal with streaming. With however it is that people get music, the minimal records are being sold right now. That's what young, and I feel bad because honestly, I wish the younger band could experience going into a store and seeing that record on the shelf waiting in line on waiting the sidewalk in, exactly like I used to that midnight sale yeah. man everybody going at midnight to buy that record and they just won't experience that and that's just really sad because it, there was nothing cooler knowing that your record was selling we don't want to be the grumpy old person that's standing on the side saying well when we were kids we had this but the thing of it is is that as much as we want to see times progress and we want to see advance and stuff like that, we almost kind of feel like the artistry part of it, the soul part of it's being left on the wayside because of stuff like that. Like they don't understand how people actually have to struggle and, and do their thing to, you know, pay their dues to get somewhere. You know what? I, I, I mean, I, I'm all for the new bands to do like, like, a, like especially like a band from like nothing more. Right. I mean, they, they are like, to me, like the smartest new band that's come out. They've experienced the sales and they're, I think every band should follow what they do. 
Yeah, John and all them re- kind of basically snuck in. When been, people and they were a attention. band for 10 years. They didn't yeah. just come out of nowhere. Right, they were a band right, that exactly. worked their asses off yeah. and completely deserved everything yeah. that they have. And I've been following them closely. And, and I, I, I texted Johnny and told him, I said, dude, you guys are like one of the smartest bands because they took the right amount of time off to work on, to I mean, write, the, to write the, a The, the a, Grammys were like, who record. the hell are these people? But they wrote a fantastic record yeah. following up the one before. And I, I, I remember they opened up for us, you know, and and I saw them, and I saw something. Wow, there's something special about this, you know, with the whole that guitar thing that they do, and, the, right. and, and, and they have all those. They have an awesome live show. Incredible players, great people. They're super humble, from what I remember. I saw we just played with them in uh, South Bend, and I talked to Johnny. And I just told him, man, you guys are the smartest new band. Them and Avatar, another band that's really doing well. So, what would be your in your elder statesman? version of advice to a younger but band honestly, coming up Honestly, I would say, look at what Nothing More has done. Follow that. Would you really reference another band, say, yes. follow that mentality? Yeah, totally. Because like I said, they came out, they took the right amount of time off and didn't come out until that record was fucking slamming. And when they came out, came out with 20,000 records sold first week, sold out fucking shows, you know, like fucking opening up for the biggest fucking tours. I mean, they are fucking smart. For you guys in Nonpoint, do you look at a band like nothing more and do you kind of pull some of what they're doing into what you guys are starting to well, do Well to us I mean we, we're just we have our own routine you know, Of course uh, you do and, uh, You have 20 years you can you know, of course we, you do But you know I have learned a lot from the newer bands you know like uh, but I learn from the newer bands that are smart that do their, they make the right moves Make the right connections. Like I, I always reference nothing more because I know they're and they're ending their cycle. They have a tour out. I think we have Mice mm-hmm. and Men, and then after that, and that's another thing. Their headline packages that they put together, outstanding. They pick just the right bands. It's like I said, they're super smart. I could not gloat about them more, man. That their smartest band has come out probably the last ten years. What if they said, "Hey, Rob, come play for Nothing More"? Well, they have a fantastic drummer, and I, <laughs> I don't think they would need me to play when they have a way. Oh, come on. Ten you're times better yourself. drummer than I could ever be. You're selling yourself ben short, is man. A, ben is a great drummer. I knew him when he, I think he was in that band, Letters from the Fire, that tour with us. And We can switch the kit to the side. He's a fantastic drummer. They don't need me. He's a fantastic drummer. Who does need you, Rob? <sighs> Who does it? I don't know. Probably no one. I have no idea. My kids need me. Your wife, your kids? Well, my family needs me. Yeah. And my band needs me. I think outside of that, no one else does. It's been a long time. And you know what? For me, it's having this conversation earlier today about how long I've known you guys and about how long you guys have been around. Like, you guys have literally just denied that word, quit altogether. There's been a couple of points where everything got a little shaky, but you guys have never given up, ever. Honestly, dude, I just don't know how to do anything else. I really don't have any special skills. Can you do anything besides play drums? I can tour manage. I can I can be a drum tech. It has to be involved with touring. I've been tinkering with the management side, managing a band, which Elias is now doing. And uh, I've been offered uh, to be a booking agent because I know how That's to That's risky. So I know That's how probably to, more risky than being I in a band. To, but I know how to route a tour. That's a, that's the thing. I, I would first do it you smart. have you have real world experience for doing that. But um, outside of that, I didn't I didn't graduate high school. I didn't, I dropped out of school in the tenth grade, and I mean, it's worked out pretty good for me. But so still. playing drums has been your life, pretty much. It's the only thing I know how to do, and it's kind of sad. I can't do nothing else. Well, there's a thing about if you're doing life in general, at least have one thing you're good at. So this is your one thing that you're good at. I could, yeah. I can sweep very well. I clean. <laughs> I can be a good janitor, probably. Be a master of the custodial arts. We can arts. whore you out to do housekeeping. No, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have Nothing your limits. Against the people that do it. You have your limits. That's, yeah, I have my limits. You're not doing that. I'm not cleaning toilets. So sure. the thing about the new record, the record's been just absolutely phenomenally received. Everybody's just shocked that, and I say shocked not in an insulting way, but people are like, you guys are back. A band that's been around for 20 years, all of a sudden it's got this young guy energy mentality behind him. You guys are coming out Here's like it's- Here's the thing it's, is, man, we have never been away. That Every time I hear that, we've, you're back. I said, where were we? And nobody can give me an answer. I, it's so funny. I read a comment today. I read a comment today saying that- I think I can actually answer I, that. I, I lost, I lost, seems like you lost trust in your roots. That's what the comment said. But with X, you've brought it all back. And I'm like, with the lost my, with the last record, the Poison Red, so we've lost trust in our roots. And I just don't know what that means. You know what? That's a good point. I don't think you guys have actually gotten lost. I think the industry around you got lost. Maybe. To you guys. The thing is, is Nonpoint never had an actual sound. The thing is, what but Nonpoint is... No, it was just Nonpoint. It, That's it, what yeah, it was. It, it, when we first got together, like me and Elias got together with Ken and Andy, we had so many different influences. Right. So we called our style Anything Goes. And then back in the day, people used to call us Rage Against the Machine on steroids. That's what it was. We were a heavier raging as a machine. But the thing is, nobody, they only said that, I think, because of the rap style stuff when Elias was rapping. But nobody realized that I come from a thrash background and hardcore background. My guitar, uh, Andy was a blues-based guitarist with Metallica and Anthrax as an influence and as well. you were a metalhead right from the get-go. Exactly. And Elias came from an R&B influence and hip. Elias was the only real hip-hop guy in, in uh, Ken, old bass player. He liked Ice-T. He used to like all that stuff. But he came from an Iron Maiden suicidal tendencies background. So nobody realizes that we have all these. These are all of our influences. So when you know when I see the term new metal, it doesn't bother me. And honestly, I don't give a shit. You can call me whatever the hell you want. It's whatever... But, label but people exactly, want to people it, yeah. have to find a label for you. But the fact that when I talk metal and people get blown away by my knowledge, I said, dude, this is all I've known my whole life. I just imp- I just put that in nonpoint. My style, like honestly, one of my favorite drummers is Lars Ulrich, and he has been hated for years about his drumming. <laughs> it's terrible, but they don't, people don't realize how much of a pioneer he He's really like the was. Bastard child, yeah. Basically. Like, like if you listen to those first four Metallica right. albums, there, nobody was playing drums like that. that I didn't hear still to this day his accents and the way he approached music and people don't realize that he is the fucking mastermind of that band people actually like Hetfield more than they do Lars that's the thing yeah, yeah you're right like, but Hetfield and yeah. Lars are the masterminds yeah. like Lars arranges all that music that you love but hate him you know it's like that's what blows my mind like and but honestly he's one of my biggest influences as is John Bonham as is Bill Ward as is Stuart Copeland Neil Perth as Mr. Sweet Mr. Sweet, just because yeah. I play sideways. Hopefully, yeah. I can do it today. I don't know if I can. Is the stage big enough to do it? I don't know. I looked at it. I was not sure. Yeah. It's been. I've only been able to do it a couple of times. We were kind of concerned about this this tour run because we we're like, wow, there are a lot of a lot of shows you're actually playing forward. What's going on? It's just we. I don't want Elias to lose real estate by Fair being playing forward because he'll jump off the box. He'll run into the hi hat, and I don't want that to happen. Fair enough. I need him to be able to do his thing. So speaking about the whole. You being a thrash metalhead from back in the day when you used to have long hair, because I've seen the pictures. It was very long. Longer than that. Would you ever consider doing a thrash album with Nonpoint? Not with Nonpoint, because it wouldn't be Nonpoint. I would do 
one as a side thing and I've been I've talked about I've talked about I mean obviously there's other people in the band that would actually be interested in that obviously yeah I don't I don't th- I mean we could do a thrash style song but an actual thrash album no because it, it wouldn't be non-point it's not non-point is about incorporating every single style that we can it's not one thing so, so non-point is non-point and that's it yeah anything goes no everything is listened to everything is examined everything is given a fair shake but the thing is like I have talked to a couple people about doing a thrash album like I want to do a thrash album EP right I can put out with like some some just other people who would you pick well the one guy I would love to work with Sean Glass uh, really okay he used to be in soil yeah he's yeah. a brand new band awesome man called Re- Repentance yeah and me and him I mean we text almost every day and okay. this dude and I just have this almost like it was so weird because when he was in soil we told he had we had no clue about what we liked until right. years later he told me man I wish I had known back then we could have some man, our conversation he sends me links all the time, old school flyers like Metallica opening up for Venom and stuff like that. But I would love to do something. And we almost did, but it's like I said, my time with Nonpoint is so it's I'm so busy with Nonpoint, you know. And you know, when I'm home, I you know I, I turn into a family guy, you know. I, I but we did jam one time and it was fun, a lot of fun because I got to play the thrash beats, I had to play a Slayer type stuff, which I hadn't done in a long time. But I would do it with him, and um, don't know, I, I, he would be the glue of the, the whole thing. He's got more people that could, we can. That's interesting because you say that would be fun, but what you're doing right now seems more business-oriented. No, it's a lot more fun, but it's business too. I mean, it's a job. It pays the bills, you know. Pays like, the bills. I, otherwise, I would not be doing this if it wasn't paying. Well, the that's bills. a good point because who would ever get involved with this industry whatsoever if it wasn't paying? I mean, people say, "Oh, you're doing it for the money." Hello, you have to get paid for what you do. Of course, I'm you not know. doing this for the money, but this yeah. paid. This puts food on my table. Of course, it puts does. clothes on my kids' back. Pays my freaking rent. Pays your mortgage. Yeah, all pays this everything. Stuff, yeah, I pay rent, not mortgage. Oh. I pay rent. I'm old school. I pay rent. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I I didn't start it. When I started, I didn't do it for the money because I wasn't for, making money back you then. You did it, it was, for the love, the I was love music. I still love the music just as much as of I did. I still do. listen to music. I still post about music every all the time. But now you have bills. Now I have bills. And this, which I've been able to master playing drums in a band so i get paid for something i started to do as love i get i'm doing what i love for a living and how many people can really say that Not i'm actually playing music that pays my bills and i love it i love the fact that i can do what i actually want to do and get paid for there's not a lot of people can actually say that because as you and i both know this is an industry where they will literally chew you up spit you out in a heartbeat it's it's we're in an industry of what have you done for me lately so basically Basically, my 21-year career probably irrelevant to some people, you know. Not irrelevant to me because I know what I've done, and I'm proud of everything we've yeah. done. I'm proud that Elias has been there with me. Well, I mean, at I'm, this point, now exposure is as important as history. Yes. So you can have 20 years behind you and say, okay, look, I accomplished all that. I've played with this band. I've done this. I've sold this amount of albums. And now some kid comes out and says, look, I got you know 25 million views on my YouTube channel and I put it up two weeks ago. And they might get a more of a, a nod than you would. It's like, how does my experience not hold up to the two weeks worth of exposure? That's just how things are. Man. And I've come to accept it. I just don't give a shit. I don't care how many views you have. Congratulations. But it doesn't, dude, it doesn't put a dent in my soul. Perfect. I don't care. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. The Liquid Conversations podcast is brought to you by Dirtbag Clothing. Wear it till it stinks.